Welcome to the IFA podcast on biostimulants. I'm very happy to have two speakers with us today, two panelists. Our first guest is Professor Patrick Dujourdan. He's a senior professor of plant biology at Gambleau Agrobiotech, the University of Liege in Belgium. And he's an expert in plant physiology and nutrition and does a lot of research focused on microbial and non-microbial biostimulants in crop plants. And there's also a lot of experience in risk assessment of agricultural technologies in various uh, disciplines, including also served on the EFSA GMO panel for several years. And our second guest is Dr. Prem Varia, who is the Chief Operating Officer of uh, Val Agro, a leading global company in the space of biostimulants. And uh, his current role, he manages the global operations of the R&D business and commercial teams and works on various uh, strategic initiatives of the company. Prior to that, he was a senior regional advisor for South Asia and agricultural development for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Uh, and he has been associated with discovery and development of several agricultural products, including insecticides, nematicides, plant growth regulators, as well as uh, new biostimulants. And um, he holds also over 80 international patents in these areas. So why are we going to talk about biostimulants? There are a number of reasons for this. We generally live in a changing landscape of agriculture where we also need to achieve a greater degree of fine-tuning of what we do. We need to have a more precise way of growing our crops, uh, and that also includes a new paradigm for plant nutrition and the industry supporting it. So we expect that uh, this will not be just one solution, but a combination of steps and technologies and new products and know-how that working together can achieve the next levels of crop performance and also greater resilience in our crops and cropping systems. So this needs a lot of scientific or science-based innovation and in particular also more new biological solutions that we can apply in conjunction with uh, the traditional knowledge and uh, know-how and technologies of mineral nutrition and crop physiology. What are biostimulants? Can you give us a, a definition? What do we mean with this? Biostimulants are products applied to crop plants with the aim of improving a set of characteristics which have been defined by European law. There is a new European regulation on fertilizing products and biostimulants are defined there as products improving nutrient use efficiency, tolerance to abiotic stress, quality traits of the plants, and also the availability of confined nutrients in the soil or in the rhizosphere. And essentially, biostimulants are defined by claims, so the intended effects they have on crop plants, and these claims are listed in the regulation. If I'm not an expert in this field, uh, what do I imagine they are made of? I mean, I, it's a general definition, but obviously there are very different kinds of biostimulants. So what are the major substances or ways of uh, producing them? Anything, because as you underlined, uh, the definition is based on the effects on crop plants and not on the composition of the uh, biostimulants. So you can make biostimulants with substances, 
very simple substances or very complex ones. You can even think about a synthetic molecules. So most biostimulants today are natural compounds, but you can think of synthetic compounds. A very important category of biostimulants is the uh, microorganisms, which can be also described as biostimulants, provided they produce the effects on plants that we have commented before. In, in your company, Prem, what, uh, what are examples of biostimulant products and how do you make them? Biostimulants form the uh, bridge between traditional chemical compounds that is part of most agrochemical companies. So it's a bridge between the chemicals and the biopesticide, the biological companies that produce it. And they are typically composed of non-living uh, natural products. Typically, biostimulants are part of a bio approach to uh, crop production. Uh, it could be plant extracts, protein hydrolase, humic acid, uh, various components that essentially trigger physiological responses in plants, essentially resulting in plant growth enhancement, affecting nutrient uptake, nutrient efficiency, and also in terms of qualitative aspects of the plant. Typically, we use extracts from algal material, from the macroalgae, from or also from microalgae, or also from many other plant wastes or plant extracts, which are uh, agricultural waste that come from various sources. The idea is to have a specific biological response in a plant and essentially result in a crop yield. So we look for what we consistently see as a performing parameter on application of a biostimulant and make sure that it's consistent and gives a return on investment to the grower. Do we know enough about how they actually work in the plants or in the soil? What uh, processes do, do they affect and how? Or what scientific level of understanding do we have in general in terms of modes of action? Those products are quite complex. In many cases, we, we have also have mixtures of different things protein hydrolysates, uh, humic acids, uh, seaweed extracts. Uh, you can combine this with vitamins, with many different possible constituents. So it's not possible to define the action of uh, biostimulants uh, by defining a, a single interaction between one compound and one uh, receptor in the plant cell, for instance. It's clear that the biostimulant effect in many cases relies on a combination of molecular effects which together contribute at the end to this uh, agricultural effect that, that, that we mentioned. So we are dealing here with a, a different paradigm as compared with plant protection products, for instance, where we, we used to have a specific mode of action defining specific molecular interactions within the plant. Here, in most cases, we simply don't know exactly all the events that contribute to the final effect. And I don't think that we need to understand the very details of it. Of course, we need to understand enough to improve the efficacy of the product. Uh, we need to describe probably the main bioactive components there. But for sure, we will never understand the very details of it. So from a business point of view, Prem, how do you look at this from a company perspective? How much understanding does one really need to have a successful product? 
Most of the current biosimilants are complex mixtures from raw materials or from materials of highly diverse origins and with complicated manufacturing processes. But when we started off our biostimulant business about 40 years ago at Polagro, we did not know exactly what they did to the plant or the plant's genetic system. Having said that, with the advent of new technologies in plant research, including the plant genomics, plant phenomics, and transcriptomics, we've been able to decipher specific mechanisms that these ingredients can do, that the mixtures can do. Given that, what we look for is consistent physiological response at the lab level, including physiological processes such as photosynthesis, uh, nutrient uptake. Uh, so we are able to measure those responses with our mixtures that we use. As long as we can get a consistent, reliable response that we can that we can stabilize and deliver to the farmer, we are fine with that. Being mixtures, they can look at multiple pathways depending on the crop and the geography and how it's applied at the stage of the crop, all of those things. What we do is based on our research and the results that we develop, we are able to give a consistent recommendation and a method of application is also how and when to apply the product in, on the crop, in the particular crop in question. So that is what we put on the label, as Patrick mentioned earlier. So as long as we can define the specific conditions at which the, at which the mixture that you have produced can deliver results, we have a good product. That is basically what we rely on. What are the sort of the main benefits? What sort of crop traits or efficiencies in in crop production do we affect most successfully with biostimulants? Or are there even maybe some concrete examples for success that you could cite? An agricultural person or a, or a farmer does not need a biostimulant. In fact, we don't even have to use nitrogen, phosphate, potassium, but the only thing is the crop quality goes down. So biostimulants are actually not necessary components, but they enhance the productivity of the plant, giving it more consistency and reproducibility in the results. Agriculture is an extractive process. We, As we produce a crop and we harvest, the amount of nutrient in the soil goes down. The plant can only produce so much. Biostimulants affect specific mechanisms in the plant and enhance the efficiency by which nutrients are taken up and metabolites assimilated, and thus improving the quality and the quantity of the yield. So they can significantly enhance the productivity on a per crop basis or a per soil unit basis, per hectare basis. So we can be using to improve the metabolism to increase yield increases. It can enhance plants' tolerance to abiotic stresses like drought or cold or salinity. It can also facilitate nutrient assimilation. Essentially, we can, the plant can produce a lot more than it normally produces without biostimulants. It can also make the plant more uh, water efficient, for example, with our new product that we recently launched, Talete. We're able to improve the efficiency of a crop per drop of water that is used. So there are multiple applications that biostimulants can be applied to and consistently reproducibly used in the field. I agree. For me, the most promising is, is probably the capacity of biostimulants to increase uh, tolerance to abiotic stress, so to drought, to salinity, because uh, the farmer today has only few technical options and to deal with this environmental stress. Of course, you have, if you have drought on, on, on a crop, you can use irrigation, but you have limited technologies to help the plant cope with the adverse environments. 
caused by this abiotic stress. And so for me, that's quite new. It's a new paradigm. And this is probably quite exciting and important for the future because we know about climate change and the impacts on crops. We, we know we need more resilient crops. But we have to work on the technologies to, to make crops more resilient. And I think that uh, biostimulants is clearly one of the interesting technology in, in the toolbox. The other point, indeed, is the efficiency with which the plant uses uh, the resources of its environment, nutrients and also water. And yes, we, we have evidence today that biostimulants can help modify the architecture of the root system, the efficiency of the uptake uh, mechanisms uh, for acquiring phosphate or, or nitrate from the soil, how the plants interacts with the many microorganisms of the rhizosphere, and biostimulants can help improve the interactions between the plant roots and their symbiotic bacteria there. Uh, so I think there are quite new avenues to help uh, a more uh, sustainable agriculture, I would say. So from what I'm hearing there, that means also that uh, uh, there are probably several ways of how one could use uh, biostimulants alongside fertilizers. So it's not one or the other, but it's essentially using them together in a sense that uh, the efficiency of the nutrients from the fertilizer could also be increased. Is this a simple explanation that you would agree with both? Correct. Uh, biostimulants will not replace the use of fertilizers. It will only help or enhance the efficiency of the fertilizers. Raises another interesting question. Uh, so if, for example, the mode of action uh, cannot really be completely explained, you know, how does that affect then the question of how biostimulants should be regulated as products? You know, what would be your take on the regulatory aspects of it? Unfortunately, there is no consistent regulation globally on biostimulants, and that has been one of the problems, and that's something which we are also trying, we're all trying to address. In the last decade itself, there have been considerable progress, even though biostimulants have been used for at least 40, 50 years, in the last decade has seen considerable progress, especially with the European Union. Uh, Volagro is very proud to um, have associated with the ABIC, in which uh, Patrick is also associated with, uh, in terms of developing new guidelines to harmonize and also having a transparency to ensure quality and safety and consistency of the product. The diverse laws governing re uh, product registration in each country is, is a challenge for us, especially since we cannot define exactly what the ingredients are, how they work, and how to use all those things. And the ease to produce also. Uh, pretty much uh, any person any, in any country can make a mixture and call it a biostimulant. So that has been a problem that we have been trying to normalize and get a consistent practice. The European Union is the one has uh, made the most progress, I'm happy to say, and uh, by which they have introduced legislation, which will essentially be in effect uh, from very soon, to ensure there's a consistency in, the, in what they put on the label, and also in terms of safety to the human beings or the user, and also uh, ensuring efficacy as to what happens when a grower uses it. 
And uh, in terms of, uh, so after European Union, we have been working with uh, US EPA as well as, as well as agencies in um, India and other countries to develop new la- guidelines for registration in those countries. Fortunately for us, the industry has also, um, uh, association like IFA has also been helping us in framing the guidelines appropriately uh, for the future. So it's uh, still evolving. Uh, again, as I said, Europe is the one has done the most work, and Patrick can probably add some comments to that also as to his experiences in working with the EBIC group on that. It's important to underline that the, 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 the regulation we have now has two objectives, uh, efficacy and safety. And the challenge is indeed to provide the, the farmer with a product containing the CE mark, indicating that the product does comply to efficacy standards. And the challenge now for the implementation of the regulation is to define those standards to which the product will need to comply with. For instance, if you want to put on the label uh, this product improve nutrient use efficiency, what kind of data is needed to substantiate the claim? The company will need to produce this data. Uh, The data will be analyzed. They will need to comply with standards regarding the quality of the data, but also, of course, the content of this data. Or do these data justify the claim? Because when we talk about standardization, we have to think about the complexity of these biostimulants and uh, the complexity of the biological systems these biostimulants play with. And so it's quite difficult to think about standards uh, to really validate the claims. But this is the challenging work that we are now doing within expert committees at the European level. This is needed for the implementation of the regulation. Let's look at uh, ahead a little bit at the future of biostimulants. What are some interesting developments that you can imagine, maybe even dreams that you have what are technological advances that we hope could make a difference? Well, what's in the pipeline or in people's heads? Well, I think that there is lots to be learned from microorganisms interacting with the plants. Some of these microorganisms can be used as biostimulants, but there are also many molecules acting at the interface between the microorganism and the plant and which are important for modulating the physiology of the plant. And this is a whole world we are trying to explore now. And I think that there will be new biostimulants developed from this, this knowledge. I also think that we have to expect major progress from a better understanding of the physiology of the plant. What are the traits which are important for nutrient use efficiency, for uh, increased tolerance to drought? So the important also is to dissect this, let's say, improved nutrient use efficiency into a set of traits that are amenable to be modified by those biostimulants. And we realize that we have still lots of things to to learn about the physiology of the plant and about those traits that are really relevant for improving the global performance of the crop. Another thing I I would like to say is that we, we need to develop the tools to monitor the performance of the crop, I would say in a real time way during the season, 
so that we can monitor the stress experienced by the plant and so that we can improve the timing of application of the biostimulants and that we can also monitor the effects that those biostimulants have on the plant. I think that much progress on biostimulants will probably not come from the technology of biostimulants in the narrow sense, but also from other technologies like precision agriculture, which will help us to, to better define the timings and conditions of application of the biostimulants. The biostimulant market has been growing substantially in the last few years. And the last uh, couple of years has seen uh, double-digit growth in the market receptivity and acceptance in the marketplace also. Uh, as we can see, the bigger companies are looking more and closely into the market and opportunities. So as we learn more about how best to use biostimulants, I think the acceptance of the biostimulants in the marketplace and also with the growers and the large producers also is going to be very strong. Along with that, as Patrick mentioned, the new sources of ingredients from algae, microalgae, from microorganisms, and including the food waste, they're all companies that are developing these products as we speak. When all these things come in, there will be also discovery of new modes of action affecting some of the attributes that I mentioned. This will be a huge boost to the biostimulant industry as a whole. We also see a very big um, interest in the in developing next generation of biostimulant products, along with the increased interest in academic circles also. We see a lot of new students and young researchers coming into this field. The last biostimulant conference had over 2,000 people attending the meeting. So this all indicates how people are accepting and are, how much there's interest in the marketplace for developing new ingredients. This will actually complement with the technologies that Patrick mentioned about the precision agriculture act technologies and the DSS tools to specifically the monitor the real needs of the plant and apply the products in time to get the best response in the plant. I see the future of biosimilars as, as, as well as the growth of the market to be very bright. Opportunities are abound in the development and practical applications on a commercial scale. As we learn more about the soil now, its composition and the microbiomes that are associated with it, it opens new opportunities also for developing new products and which are better positioned to help the farmer. Essentially, what we are looking to do is having a fail-proof agriculture in various geographies of the world. Agriculture is very contextual, and I see the biostimulants as being the next generation of crop improvement technologies, crop input solutions, adding much value to the grower and essentially become an essential part of sustainable agriculture that the world needs today. We hope to make the world a better place to live. Well, thank you. That's something to look forward to. So, and I wish to thank uh, both of our guests today for an, an inspiring conversation that we've had on this topic of biostimulants. And with that, uh, I'd like to thank everyone who's been listening to us and uh, stay tuned for more podcasts to come from IFA. Thank you. Thank you.